0: Andrew, you remind me of the babe. Oh, is that from what babe? The babe uh, with the power. What power? The power of voodoo. Who do? You, you do. do. Do what? Remind, remind me, me of, of the babe. babe. <laughs> when my baby is <laughs> <threw you> crying <laughs> hard as babe could <laughs> try. Of your radio station. This not today, David.
1: This is normally the podcast in which we talk about the songs deemed hot enough to be part of the Triple J Hottest 100. But today, oh snap! Oh snap! That's right. Today we are going to talk about the songs that we deem hot enough but weren't actually deemed hot enough by most people yeah. to be part of the Hottest 100.
2: Which should have been deemed
1: hot uh, th- Yeah, they should have been deemed hot we enough. We are correcting
3: they were great mistakes in they history. Were, they were yeah. undercooked.
2: It's this, not okay. Not.
0: This is our postal vote. This is yeah. our
2: postal vote, that's right.
0: 21 so- years too late. <laughs>
2: Dear Triple J. Yeah,
1: is it, is it too late Triple J to vote in the 1994 Hottest 100? Probably. Just run
0: up to Helen Razor, can you can you pass this on? Uh,
1: <laughs> forward this. Yeah. Forward this backwards
3: through time. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: please. If anyone could, it'd be Australia Post, so... Ooh! Ooh. <laughs> getting, oh. getting political oh. here. Yeah, right. So, today, the four of us, which is David James Young... What up? Andrew McDonald... Good afternoon. Adam Buncher... Hi. And me, Nathan Harrison, have all picked one song that we would have voted for, or we think should have been in the hottest 100
0: of this year. David James Young, I think maybe we'll, we'll set it off with you. That sounds good to me. What song have you picked? So, the song that I have picked is by a band we've talked about previously. They're called Wayne... And this song is called Baby Bitch. It's been a
1: while
4: since I've seen you smile But now you've come back again Came
1: into the room and you saw my girl And you asked her how long it's been oh
4: yeah, she said, and you shook your head I'm surprised it's gone all that long Baby, 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 bitch For words and am loss Baby, 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 bitch I'm better now, please, for God.
0: Alright, so that was Ween. Should have been in the 1994 Hottest 100. That's a song called Baby Bitch. That is from an album called Chocolate and Cheese. You might be thinking, fuck, that's a weird combo. And you'd be right. (laughs) Ween are a weird combo of many, many different things. As I've said, this is the band that never wrote the same song twice, let alone the same album. Let's take a look at the song that we talked about previously, which was Push the Little Daisies, Mm. uh, excluding the E. It's th, Somewhere apostrophe. around the middle of last number 30, thirty, maybe. Yeah, I think high. it did quite well. It's quite good as Ween did in their career lifespan. It got a very mixed reaction in this room, which is good, which is positive. That's what you want. I think great art challenges, confuses, and occasionally pisses off. That's a sign that they're doing something right, especially in Ween's case. So with that song, it was a very hyperactive, buzzing, uh, helium-induced, like <laughs> left of center pop song, whereas. Uh, You've got more of a hard-on-sleeve ballad going on here. And it's, you know, a band that reveled in irony doing something as straight-faced as this can be seen as... You know, a bit confusing, but uh I have always had a soft spot for this song. I love the harmonies within it and I love the softness that comes with the vocal delivery of such bitter fucking lines, you know. Mm. It's so bitter. Yeah, <laughs> it's bad, so yeah, bitter. yeah I'm better yeah. now. Please fuck off. Like yeah. you'd think that's a fucking screaming fucking uh, line. But it's so gentle, you barely even notice it the first time. It's like when someone says something so racist that you don't get mad. <laughs> you're just like, <laughs> you're God, just got d- God damn, that, 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 was, that was racist.
2: If you're not paying attention to the song when it's playing, you just think it's a like a love song. It's, yeah. it's that pleasant sounding. It's yeah. tender.
0: It's really dark and it's really strange. And I think it's another feather in the cap of Ween as, as a collective. And uh, I absolutely love this song. Obviously, didn't have the uh, the staying power of putting the Little Daisies, but I still hold it up as one of Ween's best ever songs. I'm going to throw it to the rest of the crew here who are not as big Ween fans as my good self, but that's fine. Not many people are, in general. <laughs> well, it's Kick not only it really
3: an episode where we can criticise songs so much, <laughs> that's just, it, it, that's just d- too inflammatory. No, really. it absolutely is. It, yeah, I, this I, is, I this is, is an
0: open Suther if you have something to say, then fucking say it. That's the beauty of this goddamn podcast. Well, I was, really up, yeah.
3: well I was really excited to see that you you picked a Ween song, not necessarily because I'm a massive fan of Ween per se, but because I think you absolutely nailed it when you said that Ween have never written the same song twice. Yeah. And when you listen out for a Ween song, I mean, Andrew, you said if you weren't listening quite clearly to this song, you'd think it was something, but you're never going to do that. For me, as soon as I hear it's Ween, I'm listening for, oh, what are they doing? Mm. Because they are a total what are they doing kind of band. Yeah. And in this one, I think the beauty of it is that they're not being that weird But they still kind of are. Like, it's a straight song, but it's too straight. And there's just a few little things in there that are a little bit off. Like, the vocals, I think, always, Wayne, are just a little bit left of center. And I think that comes across here really nicely. Uh, There's some weird kind of synthy sounds going on in the background as well that kind of are just a little bit off-putting. And then just, it's too real, Roy. It's too real. Like, (laughs) all of the lyrics, man. And the fact that uh, they actually reference another Ween song or having written another Ween song inside the song. I mean, that just brings it to another level of reality. Meta-Ween. This is is really real. Ween on Ween. Ween squared. I found it interesting. Like, and I was engaged by it. I think it succeeds not only as a Ween song in its weirdness, but also as a straight bit of ballad. Yeah. And for it to cross both of those worlds and be weird and not weird at the same time is extra weird and extra ween. <laughs> <laughs> I, I really quite enjoyed it. It
2: reminded me a bit of Elliot Smith and mm-hmm. um, oh sure yeah, yeah oh man and, good call yeah. and Jim O'Rourke's acoustic stuff. Bo- I'm a fan of both of those things. But yeah, I think it's a very nice song. Initially, I wasn't really paying that close attention to it, and I had listened to it a few times, of course. And that maybe I'm like, bloody hell, this is a re- the lyrics here are really quite biting. Yeah, mm. <laughs> and like yeah, bitter is the right word. It's incredibly bitter. <laughs> To its absolute credit, I do have a little bit of cringe coming from like some like stupid ass hoe kind of lyrics. But I'm always gonna not really pay yeah. that. Yeah. I, I believe like, you find it stinking ass. Yeah, and oh well. Yeah, and the, the album cover doesn't help with that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: such a phenomenal <laughs> album. <cover. laughs>
2: I uh, do boob. <laughs> I, I quite liked the song. I was like, oh yeah, this will sound a little bit like Push Little Daisies, but like, nah, nah. not no, nah. You wouldn't even know it was the same band. I can see that if I had loved this song earlier, it'd be a real a song that I would embrace deeply. If I had loved it in the past, I can see why David, you have an affection for it. It's a song that I can see myself turning back to, and be like, oh man, this song, oh, what a classic. Mm. Yeah, no, I, I don't have the history with it, but I can see why people would. If if I yeah,
1: no, I'm, I'm with ever I really enjoyed this. We, I
2: think we've talked a fair bit this season about
1: songs that sort of play on the. Happy be sad dynamic, yeah. Like a song that sounds true. happy and is sad. Like today was a big one. Totally, on abs- yeah, yeah, yeah. And absolutely. I think this is kind of doing a, a similar thing, but more with in terms of sweetness and whatever the opposite <laughs> of sweetness <laughs> is, bitterness, it is. Or sour, <laughs> or whatever. Um, some taste. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah it, it sounds sweet, but it's really umami.
4: <laughs> but this, yeah, this
1: is this is great and really interesting. And I think there's kind of an argument that they're making, or at least that I read into the song. In terms of that really beautiful ballad stuff that is so, you know, hard on your sleeve and absolute honesty. And and this is kind of saying, well, this is actual honesty and it's all very well to sit down and sing this beautiful love song. But, like, if it's crafted in this mold of romantic language or whatever, you know, you're potentially not actually saying what you would be saying and, and this is absolute core of honesty like there's there's yeah. nothing hidden away they're not trying to make themselves look good in this song with the way they sing around this stuff it reminds me a lot of the ben Folds song
0: um song for the dumped yeah song for the Dumped."
1: Yeah. It's, it's that same sort of poppy this is just a bitter ugly breakup song this isn't me saying i'm gonna be so much stronger without you it's just like i hate you right now yeah. and, and i think that's great and you know like hate is so close to love just in terms of like it, it's so easy particularly in, in the way you write songs and stuff that yeah. you just flip yeah, that switch
3: there's a quote that i've been seeing around it's just kind of been following me around I've seen it in weird places But I've seen it a lot this year And it's just like The opposite of love isn't hate It's indifference mm, mm. And that's and it's kind of hitting on that Who yeah, said that? Absolutely. I don't even know it's just, <laughs> it's just a quote that I've seen quoted Around the place Presimably Recently Mark Twain Probably yeah. <laughs> Have, it Have you been reading a lot Marilyn of, of Or, or
0: something? Yeah. Or like- <laughs>
3: I think the one thing that we have also talked about quite a lot throughout the course of this what's come up a few times in discussions of songs is the idea of what a lyric says or by its inclusion not necessarily in its inclusion if you know what I mean like what it says that someone chose to write Mm. that I think this song kind of plays with that a little bit we often talk about it as an unconscious thing but i think it's very conscious here it's the conscious displaying of that unconscious and I, that's why I, th- I actually kind of like this the, the stinking asshole line <sighs> it's just stupid enough and it, but it's just real enough yeah. that if you were in the heat of a moment and you were just so you would say that yeah yeah stop would by you stinking asshole yeah and like i said they're, just, they're not tears.
1: interested in making themselves look good no nah, exactly yeah, like, so you're gonna say that's why it's I gross that. this is like a dirty laundry you air it b- out. bitter breakup song yeah, like, yeah, it's, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. Cool pick, Dave. Yeah. Thanks, guys.
0: I, I was not expecting that, but that's good. We surprised
3: you. No floor for Dave. Yeah. <laughs> there's never going to be an episode where you Woo! would hit the floor. It's the one where you pick the song.
0: <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. Back whoa, that,
3: that would be rough if we sent David to the floor <laughs> on a song that he picked. I think pick this song, and we're all just like, I,
0: no, no, oh, this is geez. trash.
3: Well, that might still happen throughout the rest of the episode for someone else, so. Yeah,
0: there's Ooh, still time. We'll, we'll see. have got something in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> I, I legitimately want to know what would make the three of you or individually break. So get on the floor
3: You know, there are some songs coming up Not only in this episode But in episodes to come for this season yes. That I think if it doesn't go the right way Oh no Just you oh. saying what they are Don't get comfortable at them I'm sorry oh, oh my god You hate the entire top ten
1: Is that uh, what you're telling me? No, I think I can guess some things <laughs> Oh man oh, oh, well Yeah Tune in Tune in yeah. <laughs> Great forward sell, guys <laughs> <Yeah>. Very professional
3: <laughs>
2: All right. Next up in this remix is Andrew. What have you picked? Um, I've picked uh, Soul Coughing's track. Is Chicago? Is not Chicago.
0: A man drives a plane into the Christ.
4: is in the room A Pools Bowl is in the room
3: Bennettsville is in the room Palmyra is in the room
4: It's Chicago It's not Chicago It's Chicago
2: that was Soul Coughing with Chicago Is Not Chicago. Um, <laughs> not I chose this in place of a number of songs. 994 was I guess, often cited as being the year that that 90s punk kind of broke. I was weighing up putting on Bad Religion, Stranger Than Fiction, mm. something from NoFX's Punk and Drublick, both terrific records. Uh, NASA's Illmatic, sad that out that right on here. Yep. Shellac's At Action Park. Awesome. Terrific, terrific records. Yeah,
1: all great punk bands. Yes, <laughs> all
2: great punk bands. Um, NASA's my favorite punk yeah. band ever. <laughs> my initial vote was going to be for something by Porter's Head. Oh But, Ooh, shit. Yeah, but right. they make an appearance next year because yeah. years are not real.
3: I was going to pick some Jeff Buckley, but right. um, it's all covered next. Yeah, yeah. Th- yeah. I- and unfortunately, quite early on as well. So you'll hear me bemoaning that coming up <laughs> next season. <laughs> Tune in. F- that's an even bigger forward <laughs> uh,
0: sell. Killing this. No. We're going
3: to have listeners for days.
0: Yeah. Oh. I think um, <laughs> <laughs> once Jeff Buckley hits, we'll be swimming yeah, in listeners. Stick cool. with <laughs> us until Tuesday. We'll be everybody. drowning in listeners. <laughs>
2: <laughs> We're here all week. <laughs> Soul Coffee, I think, are one of the great lost 90s bands. They were popular enough to have a bit of a cult following, but not so popular to warrant, like, deep love in the present day, or they don't really have many imitators either. But this first record, which this track is pulled from, the album Ruby Room, is a spectacular listen. It all recalls, like, the oddness and the funkiness of Beck, but there's... In a more band driven context. And the album itself has some really tender moments as well and some more bizarre moments. But this track, I absolutely just get down on so hard from the first moment that I heard it, which was a number of years ago now. I thought, like, this is, how have I not heard this band before? The bass line with the drum beat is just so groovy and Mm. so fantastic. It grounds the song in a genuine sort of pop accessibility while the guitar is able to noodle around and the lyrics can be nonsensical Mm. and have kind of freeful play poetry. And then the Weird kind of abstract, just sonics that intrude on the song continually. They don't take the song out of being a pop song because of the um, rhythm section is so poppy. Now it's easy to read these days with a, p- a plane driving into a building. Like it sounds, oh like, yeah, yeah. And it's not only f- loaded in '94, it wasn't loaded. Of course, it yeah. wasn't. Um, which I think, makes however,
0: it- their 2001 album, Jet Fuel, can't melt
2: steel <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <CLV. Yeah. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> But I think this is just experimental enough and deadpan humorous enough for me to love it without concern yeah. compared to, say, Primus, who I think... Um, <laughs> Some I, concern. I have a lot of concern with <laughs> Primus.
0: Um, We're worried, Primus.
2: Yeah.
3: Please call.
0: Do we get to talk about Primus?
2: Surely. Surely. Surely.
3: We don't get off that easy. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> but this is like so obviously popular enough to think that I really think it should have been in the one hundred. I wish that it was bigger because I just love it so much. Yeah, but I'm very interested to see what you guys think.
0: Well, I've got to say I was not expecting this at all. I was expecting like I don't know. Slow Dive was the last thing yeah. you picked, yes. okay? Oh, so yeah. something very shimmery and peaceful, you know, with that uh, drony guitar and shit like that. That's kind of your bread and butter, you know? I think it's safe to say that yeah. that's... that's Might uh, be bit wear that way. Yeah, 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 yeah. But when this started up, I was just like, oh, shit, okay, we've got something very different going on here, that double bass groove and that, that guitar swagger. It's almost an avant-garde take on rockabilly. It's art rockabilly. <laughs> <laughs> I loved it. I really like the groove and the how, how the lyrics are all drawn out. Like, it's it's one sentence and it goes for an entire verse. Yeah. And it just comes in at those really weird opportune times. Actually reminds me of uh, Tex Perkins' vocal delivery. In yeah, right. Mm. Whereas his drawl kind of reminds me of Tom Petty. So, mm. And I can kind of see the primus <laughs> comparison. <laughs> it's a weird one. It's a really weird one. And I think that's why I was so intrigued by it. I think I'm going to have to definitely check out an album. Mm. Um, the album
2: is from Ruby Vroom Ruby Vroom? Ruby Vroom, yes As in this like is, Vroom Vroom Like exactly, on yeah. no, yeah. is okay. the This is the lead track from it Cool, yeah, cool right. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah this was really weird and really different and uh, a cool little surprise package. So, thumbs up from DJI. Yeah,
2: I, I had
1: what you pretty much what you said. I listened to it. I was like, why have I not heard this before? I don't even think I've heard of this band yeah. Yeah. before mm. now. And I was like, nope. this is this I is incredible. Hadn't. I mm. love this so yeah, much. Yeah, great to hear. There's so much happening in there. And particularly listening to this after having gone through 90 songs of The Countdown. There's yeah, just so yeah. much of everything that's happening at this point. Like, that there's, there's hip-hop beats, there's jazzy bass, there's just, like, weird guitar going around that isn't, like, really based on any hooks. It's just weird noise that, like, comes in and mm. out. And then the kind of really beat-influenced vocals. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's incredible. Mm. and But it just, it's so cohesive. Like you said, there's enough pop aesthetic that it works. As something that is enjoyable yeah. rather than just something that is challenging. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not challenging at yeah. all. And no. then it kind of feels like it might have been yeah. uh, in a different world. Yeah, no, I love this so Excellent.
3: much. The thing that I would say that makes sense for this not getting big is that it's such an antidote to so many other fashionable things at mm. the time of 1994. Like, mm. this is the far opposite of grunge, Yeah, pretty much. And, and pop punk. Yeah, and pop punk. And so many other things that we have been talking about. This is absolutely not that it's, yeah. yeah it's playing with this wonderful aesthetic i think you know of that basement new york scene and the beatnik scene yeah. and all yeah, those kinds sure. of things you know and that's an eternal vibe to me it even recalls LCD sound system in a in a certain extent mm. you know that kind of okay. there's something about bands from new york you know what i mean like and i think every band from new york would be really pleased to hear that because i think that's something that's aimed for <laughs> yeah. but whatever like and i, I think just you know Maybe, maybe even just me saying that—that's enough to put certain people off <laughs> the whole thing because it's—it is very fashionable and it is very—it is a certain thing uh, that the New York scene has. Has always had, I can, and probably I can will always see where you're have. Coming
0: from though, like you know yeah. what I mean. I think the cool thing about this song is that I can imagine the singer of this singing it while playing guitar, but also singing it while sitting on a stool and snapping his fingers and <laughs> yeah, reading yeah. the lyrics from a book.
4: <laughs> that's it.
0: <laughs> that's exactly it. Like
3: it does conjure those kind of images. Like for the, for me to hear this live in any other context than a basement club that hardly <laughs> anyone knows how to get to, that's yeah. filled yeah. with yeah. cigarette yes. smokers, yes. is
1: objectively wrong. <laughs> and (laughs) Antidote is a really good word for it in terms of like the hype around identity that's happening so much in 94 and and like in image and pop and on all that stuff, even though it's drawing on so many things, it's just not any of that.
3: Exactly. it's not interested in doing any of it. So the people who weren't interested in grunge, who needed to be refreshed, who needed to find a hook and something else... I hope that they found this band because I can see so many people who would have benefited a lot mm. from it.
2: Mm. I think uh, on that antidote thing recalls another band that I was weighing up picking a thing from. I'm not only for also saw the debut of Cake. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, shit. Yep. Cool. Yeah. I,
1: d- I did consider. That was my... I was like, I want to
2: pick some cake, but I
1: don't think there's any cake here that feels as right. Feels right, yeah.
2: It had some great songs on it, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. Ruby all Comanche... Rock and Roll Lifestyle was the oh, single. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. Is This Love. Mr. Mastodon Farm was the song I was weighing up picking. Oh, right. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Nice. But it's interesting now looking back to go back to... The other side, you see what was popular, and then you see the stuff that has a strong following and a strong liking, but never really made it into the popular sphere. Mm. That makes this is that it makes perfect sense for being that. And uh, I don't know whether you're aware, that the band's name Soul Coughing mm. is a Neil Young reference. All oh, right, mm. it's a, no shit. Yeah, because and I, I love that considering how much you hated. <laughs> I hate Neil Young. <laughs> Not hate Neil Young. No, no, I no, hated hate Neil songs. Young this yeah. season. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah, the Neil
1: Young that we yeah. that we came across. There's a there's a paint store in Petersham that I drive past every week when we. Come here. That on the wall, it's advertising itself as people who love Neil Young by paint at yeah, and then their place. And people who love Neil Young, yeah, buy by paint. by paint at whatever the name of the place is. I can't remember the name of like Australia.
2: We're not, not going to big them up. Free advertising. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're not we're not sponsored. <laughs>
3: <laughs> we only advertise ourselves in future editions. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's
2: what we're about But it's weird. And every week I drive past it and
1: I'm like That is mm. so strange. If the lights are ever red long enough, I will take a photo of that. But internet's probably got me covered.
0: I'm sure. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, I'm great to hear everybody enjoyed this song. Yeah, I'm so happy. excited to listen to the album. Terrific.
0: Me too. All right, let's celebrate with a cool can of Pepsi Max.
2: Because <laughs> choice of new generation.
0: <laughs>
1: Alright next up is Adam Hi Adam What do you got for us? I think everyone's gonna know this I'm, I'm not
3: coming out of left field At all with this one <laughs> Really?
1: No You've been dropping hints All the way through the season
2: If you go back and listen It's very Yeah It's all there Yeah yeah, yeah.
3: It's
2: a Danieluski-esque maze <laughs> Yeah
3: With an M. Night Shyamalan <laughs> twist <laughs> This From 1994 Is the Notorious B.I.G. With Juicy The
1: twist oh, is that there
3: was no twist br- <laughs> What,
4: is what this? a twist? <laughs> this album is dedicated to all the teachers that told me I never amount to nothing, to all the people that lived above the buildings that I was hustling from, that call the police on me when I was just trying to make some money to feed my daughter, and all the niggas in the struggle, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's all good, baby, baby, uh. It was all a dream. I used to read Word Up magazine. Salt and pepper and heavy D up in the limousine. Hanging pictures on my wall. Every Saturday, rap attack, Mr. Magic Molly Mall. I let my tape rock till my tape pop. Smoking weed and bamboo, sipping on private stock. Way back when I had the red and black lumberjack with the hat to match. Remember rapping Duke? Da ha, da ha. You never thought that hip hop would take it this far. Now I'm in the limelight Cause I rhyme tight Time to get paid Blow up like the world's trade Born sinner The opposite of a winner Remember when I used to eat Sardines for dinner Piece to Raw G, Brucey B Kid Capri Funk master flex Love bug star ski. I'm blowing up Like you thought I would Call a crib Same number Same hood It's all good uh. And if you don't know
3: There it is, my choice of song from 1994. What should have been in the countdown, Notorious B, IG and Juicy, making me two for two for hip-hop picks. (laughs) The remix episode. Feeling pretty white. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty, pretty white. White dog! Uh, Man, this song makes me feel so good. I picked this song based almost purely on how good it feels to listen to this song. He sets it up from the very, very beginning, like, where he came from, where he is now. It's a beautiful thing to witness throughout the course of this track. It's not a new thing in hip-hop, but something about the way that Biggie does it. I mean, like, the other song I picked, Cream, it's kind of a very similar story to that, you know? Like, uh, the life of crime, being real low in your life, and, you know, just getting by any way you possibly can, and then making it big and coming up through hip-hop. It's essentially the same story in both in both Cream and this track, Juicy. But I think where Cream focused more on the before and the gritty reality and whatever, and kind of looking back on that, being like, "Man, so glad we're past this." Biggie is all about living in the now. But not only that, he's bringing you into it in such an inclusive way. Mm. He's just the whole track. He is just so psyched. You can hear it in his voice when he's when he's rapping about the life that he is living right now. He's just ecstatic to be where he is as opposed to where he's been and you cannot help if you if you're like me you cannot help but feel absolutely so psyched for him. I like it feels like a victory. It feels like your dreams coming true listening to this track. I legitimately get chills thinking about the the good vibes that are inside this song. It's wonderful. It's I think It's such a
1: celebration.
3: Absolute celebration. It's so playful as well. Like um, the whole line, birthdays was the worst days. Now we ship champagne when we thirst day. Like incredible, like (laughs) game over on that line. Just (laughs) The way he opens it up where he says like, it was all a dream. And he talks about being so in love with hip hop at the beginning. Like you love Biggie in this song. You love him so much. It's not just like listening to some other hip hop MC uh, talking about how good they are or whatever. He's, he's so humbled and he's so thankful in every single moment of this, and it's incredibly, incredibly endearing. And I think uh, you could also read in this as being like quite a little bit of a turning point in hip hop in general as well. Like this song came out, and it was kind of, in in many ways, it's not only the arrival of Biggie, but the arrival of hip hop in general. You know what I mean? From this point on, it kind of was moving. Away from the gangster stuff that we saw from Dre in in eighty eight, the more political side of things that we saw from Public Enemy at the roundabout the same time, and instead became this kind of excess, uh, this incredibly commodified, uh, this this quite commercial thing that you know was bringing more and more people into the fold and increasing in popularity and becoming the giant wheel and the giant industry that uh, that hip hop eventually became, and I think. For many cases, you can see it as bittersweet. This is on the cusp, really, of between the gangster stuff and the stuff that is to come. And I think looking back on it as a historical piece of hip-hop, um, a lot of people are kind of going to be like, yeah, if you're not that into the, the, the whole other commercial side of hip-hop and if you're more into the kind of the 88 stuff, you could kind of go like, yeah, well, this is, this is the turning point. This is where it all kind of started to go. But mm. in terms of a song on its own, like the beat, the the, the, the hook... Uh, the lead into the hook as well, like if you don't know now, you know, like is just is is an untouchable phrase within the hip hop lexicon. It's just so much love. It's love, it's love, it's love, it's love.
2: Yeah, I think the um, the fact that it's, um, you were saying it's on the cusp there, the, like, yeah. the, those rags to riches and the arrogance and the excess, like, they're cliche now, but, like, it's, it's career-defining for Biggie with this song, yeah, but absolutely. it's genre-defining because it was so powerful. it not mm. the song's fault that that became... Mm. Oh, no, and yeah. I never suggested no, of course it was, not. But, yeah. it,
3: but just when you look back at it as a historical piece of hip-hop, you can definitely say, like, ah, right, this was... Yeah. You can yeah. cite that as an example in an argument, for yeah. sure. I think
2: yeah it's landmarked and it's universally worshipped for a reason obviously before I was like probably I guess educated in hip hop as a musical language I didn't enjoy this aspect of it but now I really have come to require this aspect of it is that I think Biggie's flow here is reminiscent of swing music in the sense that it's always like half the beat behind the beat or it skips ahead of the beat slightly Mm. and I'm not sure if it's intentional on his part as a craft thing or he just what I prefer to read into it is that it's it's amateurish in terms of sticking to the beat, which gives it a feeling of even further genuine honesty. It's not someone that's yeah. phasing this, I've always been great. Like, I know that you worship the man, but when Drake sings about rags to riches, I don't believe it for a second because he was a rich kid and he yeah. was a child pop star. Like, I Well, I,
3: there's, that's a big criticism of Drake. Yeah. I don't, yeah, I, I, I don't buy I
2: don't. that narrative from him because I know it's not true, but I buy it from Biggie because it sounds honest the whole time because I, the fact that he's not... Like structured in his way that like this is where the beat goes like mm-hmm. he's always dancing around it which I think is very very playful and great the problems that I have with the song like the arrogance and the internalised misogyny are problems that I have with hip hop which is why I think the song works so incredibly well but I know that it's not something that i will ever think to myself i'll put that song on i know that everything about the song works and i know that the song objectively is a masterpiece of the genre but i also know that it's not for me subjectively
3: okay you don't get the whole achieving your dreams because i feel like in terms of a hip-hop track if any message was kind of universal everyone's got a dream and everyone knows what it would feel like to finally get there
2: yeah i've never liked that narrative anyway in anything like believe in yourself and achieve your dreams I'm too jaded a person to believe that narrative
3: but this isn't even like someone telling you to do that this is someone who's done it this no, is someone I know. Who's, this is the proof yeah, but that I doesn't I, do anything.
2: I don't like it with Biggie. I don't like it with Jay. I've never put huh. the whole. It's not a story that I am interested in hearing again and again and again and again.
3: Huh, sure. Yeah. I guess it's one thing that I always come back to in hip hop that I love about the genre is yeah. is, is that narrative. Yeah. yeah the, I, I, it doesn't I, I, matter how many times it's presented. I mean, this is this is to me probably the best one of the
2: and the one of uh, the, yeah, the exception. It is as the well.
3: example of it. But I, you know, when Jay says it, when Drake says it, when anyone says it, like I'm not critical of it. I'm just like, sweet. You know, this is this is power. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Yeah. And also like on the whole thing, like it hip-hop wasn't doing this for people just yet, but it did it for Biggie. You know, never never thought hip-hop would take it this far. That's a lyric yeah. in, the, in the track. Like, I think that's something. And not only that, though, like... And this whole thing fits into not only the, the Biggie humility, but also, you know, the fact that hip-hop... Is in a different place now to when it was, but you look at what he cites as being examples of making it. He has a Super Sega Nintendo Genesis, Genesis and, a yeah. C- and a Super Nintendo. He has a limo driver to drive him around, and he has a leather sofa. It's just like, man, that's great. It's not your yeah. other other Bens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, it's just you got you got a limo driver. It's awesome. I think it's aged wonderfully.
1: I love musically. I obviously I don't know much about hip hop at this point, but it feels like. Particularly, haven't listened to Nate Dogg earlier in this countdown. Yep. Like musically, it feels like he's taken just enough from from G Funk to make it light and that kind of poppy. Yeah, but it's it's obviously not a G Funk song. Mm, um, yeah, I think it's just about that. We're talking about that transition into this, you know, real pop hip hop, and it's just it's light and fun enough and poppy enough that that works but not too much do you know why wasn't this in the countdown because this is a very big song now huge I'm not
3: sure of release dates yeah and sure. also I'm not entirely sure about Australia's relationship to American hip-hop at that time or Triple J's playlisting yeah, of sure. American hip-hop no, I mean, that, that go yeah yeah, true. Yeah. Um, but then again, that we also puzzling. but we also didn't see anything from Doggy Star. We didn't see anything from the Chronic by That's Dr. True. Dre in the last two years. So Nas. there are still nothing. My like Nas. We yeah. yeah we, I mean, I was to- I was actually. I'm glad you brought up Nas before as a possible choice because I was tempted to do like New York State of Mind. Yeah. Oh, that would have been sad. Oh God, it's incredible. It's so an amazing good. song. But I mean, like if you're talking about the choice hip hop cuts from '94, it, you really are talking about. Something from Ready to Die Or something from Illmatic Yeah yeah, they, yeah. Are, they are the monolithic albums From this year
1: I also love that he um, Gives a shout out To the people that called The cops on him When he was selling drugs On the desk, their doorstep Like they did something wrong <laughs> <laughs> it's
4: like,
1: Come on mate Like He's just trying yeah. to feed his kid man Yeah I know But like Someone was yeah. selling drugs On their doorstep <laughs> they were probably trying to not have that happen it
3: was you wasn't it you called the cops on Biggie I would have (laughs) (laughs) fucking narc yeah Biggie's out again I'm calling the cops (laughs) I've already
2: told you Biggie David I presume you like this
0: I do question Ari internalised misogyny were you referring to the lyric where it's just like now they send me letters to tell me that they miss me and stuff like that I was just (laughs) thinking about that first
2: lyric fuck all you hoes okay (laughs) 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 what internalised misogyny
0: (laughs) Is Fuck All So Seriously the first line of the song?
2: So this lyrics page tells me.
0: Yeah, oh. yeah. He, which he, lyrics? just say it in the background. Which lyrics
2: are you using though? Is it Metro Lyrics? No, <laughs> it's AZ Lyrics. AZ I, should lyrics look up, it? I should go to Genius, obviously.
0: This is, uh, I think it's widely regarded as an entry-level hip-hop song, which is completely fine. If you're discovering hip-hop, this is one of the songs that you get shown.
3: Yeah, it's true. I mean, and people who don't like hip-hop like this song. <laughs> true as well yeah, it's one of those tracks one of the, one yeah of those one ones. of
0: the great disses I've ever heard is uh Shout out to everyone who claims hip-hop but can't tell you anything about it beyond the first 12 words of Juicy. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> <Buckle> all them hoes. <laughs> Fuck <Buckle> all them hoes. <laughs> Times three. I mean, what can you say about this song that hasn't already been said? The story is out there. The legend is is tried and tested and true. Like uh, We've talked about uh, this song being a kind of a standard setter, but I wanted to bring up one thing that became kind of a standard bearer, which was using... A female singer for the hook of the song, mm. uh, which is something that Biggie used again in Hypnotize. Mm. Uh, it was also used in songs like Mo Money, Mo Problems and later P. Diddy doing I'll Be Missing You, which is a tribute to Biggie. Yes, it is. Uh,
3: because Diddy, of course, uh, w- and, and he will tell you more than anyone else in the world will tell oh, you. Oh, yeah, he will. He, he, he claims that he made Biggie. Yeah. Um, well, which that which bad, he did to a large extent. There was that extent, bad boy you know,
0: reunion uh, this week. Uh, So yeah, Diddy's just been all up in the news again because of that.
3: Yeah, right. Because that's what 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 happened. Just like Uh, they they all got
0: back together at an award show or something like that. I'm pretty sure. And uh, Diddy stuff. Diddy stuff. Really. Diddy being Diddy. Diddy, diddy, doing diddy. Because yeah. no one does diddy better. Do I diddy, diddy, dum, diddy, dum. You know, that's, that's... That's his first EP, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, exactly. Just nothing but covers the do I diddy. I would fucking... I would listen to that. <laughs> so would I. <laughs> and then, you know, like, later that got picked up with um, Weekend by Blackout Peas and songs like that. Using that very, like, soulful R&B hook... To kind of, like... Yeah. Yeah, like... No, you I don't right. know, like, soften out the edges of, it's like... such an can... established trope now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it Jabril, was... Jabril and Ashanti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> it was only kind of... There are examples of it previously, but, you know, like... I
0: think this is, like, a, a standard bearer, bec- though. Like, yeah, this is, it, like, it, when it, it was used standard. to, like, full effect.
3: Yeah, it definitely... Hip-hop moving more towards the R&B stuff. The, that line gets blurred from this point on, pretty mm-hmm. much, in that mid 90s era. Yeah. yeah, and then it's, you, it's have... why you
2: go to the record store and the section is urban. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, precisely. Yeah, exactly cringe right. coma. Yeah. Like, yeah, Faith Evans became as much of a hook person as fucking Nate Dogg did, you know? Yeah. yeah. Fucking phenomenal hook person, really. <laughs> hook person. Um, hook person. Hook, hook person. Well, not hook woman? Not, well, you, yeah,
3: you're not going to say hooker. hooker. Uh, Are you? One who hooks,
0: but yeah, I'm a big fan of this entire record. Ready to die, uh, like uh, oh yeah, so yeah. many gems on this record. Um, Hypnotized came on the radio the other day, and yeah, it was a windows down full blare up moment.
3: Yeah, it does have that. Yeah,
0: because you feel like a badass when this song's on, and you know, give me the loot. That's yep. the shit. <laughs> yep, <laughs> all about that. Yep, party and bullshit. You can't go past that. Uh, yeah, like it's a it's a really fucking cool record in yeah, Biggie was a like a larger than life character, you know, and he he built that up entirely like on his own terms, which was super super cool. Biggie's the shit, ready to die is the shit. And if
3: you don't know, now you know you know.
1: know. Alright, as the fourth song from our remix episode, I picked the John Spencer Blues Explosion with bell bottoms.
4: Blues
1: explosion! It was Bellbottoms, uh, John Spencer, Blues Explosion. I picked that song. It is the first track off the album Orange.
3: This is the opener? This is the yeah. opener. Of course, Shit, it's the opener. goddamn. Right.
1: And that, I, 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 there are so many reasons I picked this song. I, I did consider, just before we get into it, you know, do the... Also considered picking Rebel Girl by oh, Bikini Kill. Yeah. Um Because that's such a huge album for this year. But I picked this. There's so much to talk about in this song. Like, I want to talk about the incredible bass once that kicks in. I want to talk about those magnificent strings at the start. (sighs) I like... Everything. There are so many chunks in this song, but it's all John Spencer. Like it, it, oh, it just yeah. has to be. We've talked so much this season about identity and the sort of image that you put forward, particularly with grunge and also with the hip hop and and everything like that. It's all important. Yeah, John Spencer is just he's everything in this song. He is working so hard and putting so much emotion into it, and he's winking at the same time. And you just—it's so hard suggestively. to pull it apart. He, Yeah, very suggestively but also, like, winking. He's making fun, but he's also doing this so earnest. That like it, he's unstoppable. Everything, and he like he hardly says anything in the song. <laughs> I mean, he does talk a lot, but like the lyrics are not structured into the song in any way. That you'd be like, oh yeah, lyrics are a big part of this song. But John Spencer is a huge. He is this song. Everything he does. Is the blues explosion yeah it's yeah it's incredible like right from the start those beautiful strings and him just saying oh yeah a whole bunch <laughs> yep and then where he wants to talk to you about the most groovy bell bottoms it's it's everything about this song is incredible and he just works so hard and does this incredible persona that just does so much and it makes it so much about the music mm. like and ov- obviously that's a big part of the blues explosion is about the blues being number one but he is just there as a persona to serve the feeling that the song produces.
3: What's with the blues being number one? What's the, what's the deal well, with that? Well, they're number one. They're just number one. Is they're, that just the... Yeah, they just are uh, number there's one. A, there's Implying a style the of music. <laughs> there's there's a
0: style of music. It's called yes. the blues. Generally known as the blues. Uh-huh. And it's, it's number one. one. Yeah. Num- it, number one. Were it it's to one. be ranked <laughs> among all the other genres and all the other subgenres. Yep. <laughs> the blues is number one. It's number one. That's it. And so hey, John like, Spencer told you this. Well, he yeah, he,
1: he let us know. And, okay. and the
3: blues yeah. explosion. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: But it's, it's one of those things where it's all about celebrating itself and celebrating, obviously, the style of Music that is the blues, like this. This is even hardly blues for most, of them. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, he's he's said
2: that, um, it's not so much blues as music but blues as blues, emotional blues aesthetic,
1: music. yeah. And and I think that that makes a yeah. lot of sense in this, like it's it's dirty blues, punk, yeah. whatever. I, you yeah. know, yeah, okay. But but the blues number one, Adam.
3: All right, number now one! I when you said I didn't know, now
2: I know, yeah. <laughs> I'm really, really, really glad you chose this song. We've seen music blues, live. I'm a huge, huge Spencer fan. You guys are in cahoots. Like, yeah <laughs> because john smith's blues explosion like when you said it's hard to unpack they're both they're better conceptually as a band than they are to listen to in a way because like they have so many albums and not all of them are wonderful well they're all, all okay but I, when i think about it i'm still like oh god i love that band but then when i actually do listen to the records i'm like oh, that was way better than i remembered with all of their records this contradiction of that and this song exemplifies that contradiction as well like how is it over five minutes long? So long. But it feels so brisk, oh God, yeah. And like how yeah. it feels like it's, it isn't actually that fast a song. But it also feels like it's going mile a minute. It's this song of contradictions. How can the blues be so number one? <laughs> like everything about this song, I think is just absolutely incredible. I love the shit out. Of, like the violin is so great. His vocals, it, you said it, it's all about the persona. I love so much. I mention it all the time as a favourite thing and it's because it's the start of the record Orange and then after like a minute you hear him like, in his deep guttural voices saying New York City Blues Explosion and it's so beautiful yeah there's so much that I love about this song and John Spencer and this this exemplifies why the Blues Explosion were always our number one, number one. We're number one. Yeah. It's, so yeah. it's so
1: hard not to all it's, the time it's so
2: hard not to but this, this <laughs> exemplifies why I think um John Spencer's blues explosion number one um did what they did so well. It's so much it's like a different side to the more accessible blues punk that you find with um the black keys or the white stripes <laughs> a-, a piano <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the colored now the, ver- col- the colored col- <laughs> <coloured> bands um <laughs> this is why. John Spencer did what he did so well And was always outside of being It's like he could write a really accessible song But then he just couldn't help himself from getting too excited And just saying the blues are number one so much And yeah, I love him more the more for it
0: To be fair, if you were John Spencer, that's what you would do You would, yeah, you'd have to No matter what you're doing Buying the groceries, playing guitar, ploughing your wife Like, the blues are number one Screaming it Screaming (laughs) it Blues are number one in every goddamn situation. Tom, job we need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, that comes to sixteen ninety-five. The blues, the blues. <laughs> this fucking rules. This is a medley like of all the great bits of what makes a great John Spencer Blues Explosion song. Like even those weird fucking strings. That it sounds like a Bond theme. Yeah, <laughs> but it fucking works. Like it's super super cool. Though, like the the big backing vocals those hot fucking licks that come in you know those guttural fucking sneers and that super low voice like John message is like what like late 40s early 50s now I'd still f- fuck that dude in a second. <laughs> just He's a sexy of the, man. You know, just because of the goddamn swagger that he just pulls out of his ass, man. It's he, he, fucking unreal.
2: Swagger is it. Like, the persona is swagger. Yeah, Oh, yeah.
0: dude, swagger out the fucking eyeballs. And he just fucking sells it. I think we've talked about this, like, with Tex and Tim and people like that. Like, if anyone else was doing it, just, like, fuck off. You look goddamn ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But fucking John Spencer says the goddamn word he says jump and we say how high and the blues are number one like we just yeah. how Cena. number one <laughs> yeah. Oh the number oneest of number ones that is what the motherfucking blues explosion is i'm so psyched on blues explosion again it's been it's been a while but uh, i'm i'm glad that uh we're talking about them again can i suggest august 7th Hottest 100s and 1,000s excursion. We all go see Blue's Jake's Explosion. Bit. Yeah, That sounds good. At the we
3: Maniva. told people where we're going to be.
0: Yeah, that, it's an
1: excursion. Everyone's coming. You're, yeah. you're coming, dear listener. Come to yep. the gig and don't you could win it. a Totally Wild prize pack.
0: <laughs> Yoga. Oh, my God. That was to Totally amazing.
1: Mild, call their merch Totally Mild prize packs, because if they don't, like... <laughs> I don't know how much they want to lean into their name the pun,
0: horn. but, like... We should drop them a line at Lockbag yeah. Double Nine Double Nine <laughs> Crows Nest. <laughs> <That's> so- <laughs> I wonder who's at that now. It it wouldn't still be totally wild, would
3: it? Surely not.
1: Maybe it's totally mild. Surely not.
3: Maybe it's this this one disgruntled old guy who's just so sick of answering... People
1: <laughs> Don't 20. care about Frilled neck
3: lizards Anymore It's just a backlog Cause Australia Post Delivers in the past yeah. <laughs> He's just He's still getting them through I don't have any yoga Okay <laughs> I have I have no go
0: Fucking the 90s postman One's got a swag Full of yoga The other's got a swag Full of Fucking cheese TV Fan yeah. mail She's just like Where are you headed Oh like 98 oh Where are you headed <laughs> Oh 97
3: I'll give you a lift <laughs> But the blues must actually be number one because it has changed the way everyone in this room has spoken the and the energy nothing. of everyone in this room simply talking about this band. Like I don't know, one, baby. I don't know the blues explosion. Yeah, is this
1: a new? Is this new for you? Yes, it's I, a new
3: explosion. I don't know the blues explosion, but I love the blues explosion. <laughs> I want what? so much to love the blues explosion. If someone was to just ask me, "Do you love the blues explosion?" I love the blues explosion. Of course yeah. I do. <laughs> I've heard this song like five times that's that's it i love the blues explosion because how could you not
1: yeah it's irrefutable i feel like the sort of insular language it feels like memes um, it's, it's rewarding yeah, you it, want to be
3: part of it you want to yeah, be part you be of part the blues part explosion of because when, you,
1: when you dive into the song and and the blues are number one
3: yeah yeah then, then you're
1: part of this ridiculous swagger self-celebrating song that is but behind all of that is an amazing rock song yeah and i think that's really important that like underneath all this swagger like
3: the musicianship is phenomenal. It's true. It's such yeah. a good song. I do not know really how to talk about the song. That's it. It's, it's really <laughs> hard to unpack. I'm going to mention the strings again just to be to have a consensus here because, oh, my God. Yeah, right? Like, yeah. What a way yeah. to open an album. What I will say is it was at once exactly what I expected and nothing like what I expected. Yeah. yeah. Of
2: course, and the end as well, the theremin coming in and him, yeah. oh, him demanding, they, like, they make me want to dance. It's so wonderful. Yeah, yeah.
3: yeah. yeah. Must see live, yes. Must. Oh hell yeah. yeah, and we
1: will. And I mean, you know, we can all just go from here and go and watch the recovery clip.
3: Of course, oh, essential Viewers. which I see. have seen and yeah. it is incredible. Yeah. That's, it's
0: yeah. that's right, baby. Really, really great
3: blues explosion playing it's on recovery. One. That if you YouTube that, you'd be able to find it, wouldn't you? Yeah. It's oh hell yeah, it?
2: it's the bestest performance on Australian TV. Yeah, ever. He's I, I don't, including
0: it, TISM
1: on Hey Hey It's Saturday, which yeah. is also very good. Yeah. <laughs> I imagine that we don't ever get to talk about the Blues Explosion. No. I would imagine no, we no. Down,
0: which is a shame
1: because they're great.
0: But that's okay because they got to be number one. <laughs> in our well, minds. they're, no, in <laughs> they're our number one mind, in our <laughs> <laughs> mind and our
2: hearts. <laughs> that was Blues Explosion coming in at number one. Baby,
0: number one. Adam buncher <Yep>. Nathan Harrison, <laughs> yeah, Andrew McDonald, <laughs> the Blues Explosion. <laughs>
4: Number one, baby! Number one!
1: That wraps up our remix episode. Uh, join us next week as we're going to do the top ten. Woo- Oh my god It's going to be so big Out of the wire It's, it's massive yeah. it's just, Oh my god I, it's gargantuan I'm terrified I'm actually kind of terrified yeah, I know, I
2: know you, you've been waiting so long To find out what was number one And <laughs> yeah, now, you,
1: now we will finally reveal it
2: <laughs> Yeah Until then the blues will be number one
1: <laughs> And you'll have no idea The blues is an, <laughs> an interim no for
4: you to find out
1: Yeah So we'll see you next week On behalf of Adam Buncher <laughs> on, See ya David James Young
3: Blues Explosion
1: And Andrew McDonald I can't do anything Blues Explosion I'm Blue's Explosion, number one.
4: (laughs) Yeah, baby! Little good morning, tell me what the lick read. Pretty face, thin waist with the sick weed. First time fish, yelling in the six feet. Real bad boy, tell him come and get me. I'm at the fight. Bang, kinda like Bellman, only took a trip to the truck twice. Unpack the MAC 11 and their Maxis. Stuff six figures in my damn air mattress. Uh, I'm in love with large bills. I'm down with a fat ass, then waist and tall heels. Yeah, it's the tough lawn, done on the gas, and the charm trying to give it back to Sean. Sure.